Say amen. amen. When you find the book of Lamentations, just turn in there to chapter number three. And uh, that's where we're going to take a text from tonight and draw a thought out of. But tonight, when you read the book of the Lamentations, uh, if you know anything about the Bible, you'll know that Lamentations comes right after the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah was, uh, was the, we know, as the weeping prophet. And the word Lamentations comes from the word laminant, which means to cry. And uh, one writer that we read after some time ago said that the book of the Lamentations uh, is is kind of is kind of like a like a funeral being preached. It's uh, uh, the funeral for a city, talking about Jerusalem uh, and how that it used to be a real strong city and used to be a, a refuge, used to be a place of power, but now it's a place that's uh, reduced now to just rubble because of Babylonian enemies. So I begin to think about it. Y'all help me right here. I begin to think about this and think about, and I, I don't, I'm not preaching gloom and doom tonight because I do know that we're going to win. Amen. We already have won. Amen. But I'll tell you, when I begin to think about what that writer wrote about Lamentations, about how Jeremiah was weeping, and it's like a funeral over a city, I begin to think about how tonight, amen, if you look around, you'll see that we're just about ready to preach a funeral for a country we know as America. Amen. Amen. I felt it right there. Thank you, Lord. Amen. But I, I begin to think about the book of the Lamentations, how there's 154 verses, 154 verses in the book of the Lamentations, and all of it, the, the majority, the vast majority of it is all gloom. It's all destruction. And in fact, I begin to read the third chapter uh, today and been reading. And Brother Whittemore got down there, verse 18 and 19, I found myself getting depressed. And all about not even coming down here and preaching. But I begin to read on a little bit further and begin to read a little bit deeper in chapter number 3. And I found something, boy, that helped my soul, that in the middle of all the rubbish, in the middle of all the heartache, in the, in the middle of all the gloom and all the doom, amen, Jeremiah's right down through there in about 20 verses, and he calls himself a timeout and says, oh, no, wait just a minute. Jeremiah says, hang on right here just a minute. Right here in the middle of this funeral for the city, right here in the middle of all this death destruction and all the, the darkness and all the things that's going on, he stops and says this in verse number 21. This I call to mind, uh, to my mind, therefore have I hope. Stops right in the middle of the heartache, right in the middle of the destruction, and he says, you know what, I've been thinking about something. Right in the middle of the heartache, right in the middle of the woe, I'm thinking about something that gives me hope. He says later on in that verse number 22, he says, yeah, we're living in rubbish, and yeah, we're living in destruction. But he goes on to say, it is of the Lord's mercies that we're not consumed because His compassions fail not. Look at verse 23 right there. They are new every morning and right in the middle of destruction, right in the middle of heartache, right in the middle of gloom, Jeremiah digs way down deep, looks into the banisters of glory and says, Great is thy faithfulness. Oh, bless his name that in the middle of our heartache, in the middle of our woes, in the middle of your destruction, hallelujah, his mercies are are new every morning to the child of God. And I bless His name for that. Amen. So you don't have to sit up in here and say, it's all bad. You can sit there and say it's all bad if you want to, but I ain't yoking up with you. 
Because I can say right in the middle, Brother Whittemore, of all the heartache, of all the woes, of all the destructions, I too, like Jeremiah, can say, if it had not been for the Lord, amen, if it had not been for the Lord's mercies, we'd have been consumed. Let me remind y'all, let me check this thing right here. Yep, I'm still breathing. Amen, I'm still on the top side, Brother Wayne. So I can say tonight, it's because of His mercies that we're still sitting where we're sitting tonight. And because of His mercies that allowed us to be where we're at, we ought to rise up with great pride and great joy in our heart and say, great is our faithfulness. When we ain't been real faithful, baby, we serve a God who's been faithful. Bless His name. Hallelujah. I'm interested tonight in that last part of that verse. In the last part of that verse, in verse 22, because His compassions fail not. His compassions fail not. Amen. That word, every time I think about the word compassion, I think about love. Brother Jeff, I got to do a little bit more digging about that word compassion. Amen. <laughs> and it's helped my soul. And I've just had to use my uneducated self and come up with my own intellect. Amen. And tell you what I think compassion means. And I got it wrote down right here so I wouldn't forget it. Compassion is sympathetic pity. Sympathetic pity and concern Amen. For the suffering of others. Compassion is entering into somebody else's mess. Amen. I can see where you're at. I can see you somewhere in a mess that you might be in. And I can stand back here and say, I love you and I'm praying for you. But compassion will allow me to come where you're at and get in your mess with you and hip you out. I wonder tonight on this Tuesday night, can anybody else in your in your mind with me remember a time? Yeah, man, now you're looking back knowing what compassion means. Yeah, man, when the Lord has showed His love towards you, He didn't just stand back and say, look, I love you and I'm thinking about you, but no, He comes right where you was, gets involved with you, gets right in your mess with you and helps you. Amen. Yeah, if that be the case, we ever want or to say, great! is thy faithfulness. So I'm interested tonight in that little thought right there about his compassions failing not. Everybody with me? Amen. Y'all done voted for Brother Jeff to preach till midnight. That ought to give me at least till nine. So I can help him out, right? Amen. And I'm getting out of here. I got to go. I want you to turn with us tonight over to the book of Luke. I want to show y'all something over here in the book of Luke tonight, keeping in mind what compassion means. That means getting in somebody else's mess with them. Compassion means entering into, in, with great sympathy and love, getting involved in what somebody else is going through. Everybody with me tonight? I'm about to have myself a good time right here. Luke 7. Luke chapter number 7 right here. Amen. The Bible tells me in verse number 11. There's a day came, the day after. The Bible says it came to pass the day after that he went into the city called Nain, 
Watch your Bible right here. And many of his disciples went with him. Amen. And much people. Now, now, and now when he came nigh to the gate of the city, behold, there was a dead man carried out. He was the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And much people of the city was with her. Don't stop reading right there. Don't get ahead of me. Just don't. Amen. We're looking at a very hopeless situation. This boy is dead. This mother is now childless and she's a widow. So she's looking at her own life thinking, man, what am I going to do? With Jesus coming in to Nain, there is much people. Seeing what Jesus has done before, knowing what He's able to do, they may be rubbing their hands thinking, man, I wonder what we're going to get to see Him do next. And they're following on the coattail of Jesus and, and they're just anticipating, maybe talking about everything they've seen Him do before. But coming out of Nain, here comes the hopeless situation. We got a mama. We got a boy being carried out by the pallbearers. We've got a many people, a much people coming with her too. They're wailing, they're crying, they're sad because this boy's dead. This woman is a widow, now she's childless. They're broken hearted thinking, what are we going to do? This crowd is a coming in to name. Rubbing their hands thinking, J.D., wonder what he's going to do next. Come on with me, help me now. We don't know what we're going to do. We're excited to think about what he's going to do. Hopeless situation. But the Bible tells us the very next verse. Look at your Bible. The very next verse the Bible says, And when the Lord, here it goes, saw her. What did he do? He had compassion on her. Told mama, don't weep. It's going to be all right. The Bible says that he touched the buyer. Ain't tell what your Bible says. I ain't going to read it. And the buyer, the, the, those who was about him stopped. Amen. Again, y'all stay with me here. This crowd's thinking, what are we going to do? They're thinking, what's he going to do? Jesus stops the funeral procession. They're thinking, we got to get out of here. Why are we stopping out here? We, this boy's body's decaying. He's beginning to stink. We got to get him to the graveyard. But this crowd, Brother Jeff, hip man, this crowd looks ahead and says, oh, he has stopped the funeral procession. And they begin to turn around and say, He's about to do it again. It ain't no Bible, but I'm telling you what I'm thinking. That crowd begins to file around. Come over here with this weeping crowd and says, listen, y'all, we've seen this before. This ain't nothing new to us. If you'll just give him just a minute, he's about to blow y'all's mind. I want to say tonight, you may have came in here in a hopeless situation, but there's a God in heaven about to stop your funeral procession and give you what you need for your life. He saw her. The Bible says he saw her. She said, oh, bless her heart. 
Amen. What a, what a, y'all help me right here. What a Jesus Jeffrey said. Y'all all right for me to do it again? Amen. I believe the Lord might just be stopping by here tonight. Brother Shane, you all right if I do it again? I got my eyes on some folks sitting out there. They need me to touch them. They need me to enter into their hopeless situation and give them some help. Hey man, the Lord don't need my permission. He don't need your permission. But I say tonight, I wish you'd bust in here and begin to help some of our hopeless situations so we can rise up and serve Him in these days we're living. Hopeless. Hopeless situation. Hopeless. Hey, some of us came in here tonight with some hopeless situations. I'm thinking, I feel the Holy Ghost right here. I'm getting on out of here. I'm thinking, hey, some people. Well, somebody said last night about being transparent. I think I'll just get transparent. I tell our crowd down there at the church all the time, honesty is a good thing. Hey, there's a certain sense of me that walked in these doors myself tonight, sir, and said, Lord, I need your help. Things I'm praying about as a daddy, as a husband, as a pastor, Lord, I'd like to see your hand in this hopeless situation. Amen. But the Bible says that the Lord saw her. Just like he sees every one of us sitting here tonight. Amen. He did, Brother Wayne, he did not just see her and look at that much people sis, and say, y'all step back. God bless your heart. Y'all get back out of the way right here and wave them on through. Y'all come on. God bless your heart. Jesus would have said, we're praying for y'all. God bless you. And then holler down through there. Y'all take up an offering for me at the funeral home. Just, just help them out right here. No. Jesus said, no, that woman out there is hurting. And I want to have compassion on her. I want to help her. Amen. Stop that thing. Am I helping us right here? I hope so. I'm helping myself, man. I'm telling you. Amen. But Jesus, the Bible says, am I right right here? Let me get my Bible. Everybody help me right here. Help us, Lord. And the Bible says, amen, when he told that young man, verse 14, where I'm at, he came and touched the bar, and they that bear him stood still. So he stopped the funeral procession. Jesus, the Bible says, and he, that's Jesus, said, Young man, I say unto thee, arise. Yeah. And the Bible said in verse 15, And he that was dead, ain't that something? Yeah, in the name of God, does a dead man begin to speak? When Jesus says, arise, that's how. Amen. Hey, some of us dead in here tonight. Amen. Amen. It'd be real good for God to stop this procession along the way tonight and just come where we're sitting and say, Arise. Amen. This part of your life is over. You thought you was going to be buried, but Jesus is on the scene. Stop that funeral procession, said to that boy, Arise. Ain't that the Bible? One word, right? One word, he said, arise. Look at verse 15. And he that was dead sat up and began to speak. Oh yeah, help me Lord. 
Can you imagine this right here? I mean, there's a lot of people try to figure out and try to talk about, Brother Jerry, what, it, what Jesus wrote in the sand that day in the dirt when that woman with adultery was there, right? Been a lot of people down through time saying, wonder what that boy said when he got up and spake. I'll tell you what I think he said. Can I? I'm glad, I, I'm glad you're letting me. That funeral procession stopped. Am I right? I can't help but think when Jesus stepped on the scene, and that old boy was laying in that mummified casket thinking, because I believe, I believe all my, I ain't got no Bible. Y'all just get my crazy mind with me. That, that the moment Jesus stopped that funeral procession, that old boy laying there mummified, opened his eyes. He said, I can understand there's some things going on around here, but I can't move. <laughs> About like some of y'all. I can hear voices, but I ain't got no emotion. I can't move. Amen. And then the Bible says that Jesus got down to that boy and said, Arise. That boy said, Never heard that voice before, but I think I like what I'm hearing. Because it had not been for the voice on the outside of this mummified wrapping I'm in, I might have been buried here in just a little while. But I'm alive. But now Jesus says, get up. What did he say? I'll tell you what I think he said. Got up and kicked off the grave clothes, looking at Jesus. What did he say, preacher? Did I mention that I love him? How I worship and adore him. You see, he was mummified, wrapped up on the way to the graveyard. When I can see no way, he points at him. He makes a way. And did I mention that he's been faithful? This crowd over here says, you better believe he has to every promise he's ever made me. Well, I love him. That's all I want to say. Can I say this tonight? That old boy rolling up out of Nain, headed to the graveyard one day, going to be buried, going to be all hope now gone. He is a real good picture of you and I tonight. We everyone ought to be in hell that back broke. We ought to have been in the lake of fire, damned, hallelujah, in the place of the doom. But I'm saying tonight, on this Tuesday night, there's a day came. Every last one of us, the Lord saw us, had compassion on us, came where we was. And I say, bless his name. He's been faithful every step of the way. Every promise he's ever made me has been right. And how's that so? Because his compassions fail not. Amen. Hallelujah. Anybody want to stay with me for another minute? Turn over a page or two. Turn over a page or two to Luke 10. I'm just talking about his compassions, that's all. That boy was hopeless. He was dead. Mama was a widow. Now childless. But somebody saw her and had compassion on her. Verse 30 of Luke 10 tells us about a certain man that was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. The Bible says he fell among thieves. 
They stripped him of his raiment. He was wounded and departed, leaving him half dead. You know what your Bible says? So he's been beat. He's been stripped. He's been robbed. Am I right? That first thing that we see right there, he's fell among the thieves. So he had fallen, been stripped, been robbed, been beat all alone. But the last few words in that verse helps me, and he was half dead. I'm not very junior, I'm not very smart, but I do know the opposite of half dead is half alive. Amen. This boy wasn't hopeless. He was just helpless. Amen. But the religious crowd, Andrew, come by and looked at him. Yep, ain't that right? Priest, the Levite, that crowd come by there and took a peek at him. Oh, let's get over here and look. The Bible says it was just by chance. Everybody with me? Verse number 33, a certain Samaritan as he journeyed came where he was. Look at verse 33. Might as well finish it. We're already there. Some of you done already read it. And when he saw him, he had compassion on him. What did I tell you a while ago compassion was? Getting into somebody else's mess. Having sympathetic pity for somebody that's in a gom. Everybody know what a gom is, right? Amen. We've been in a gom a time or two. But I'm so glad that when I get in my gom, the Lord don't look at me and say, you big dummy. I think he might for a little while, but then he comes and helps me. Amen. Amen. But that's where that boy was. Y'all, let me, let me help us right here. Let me help, let me help some of you that may be thinking you better than the rest of us are. Let me help that, help that self-righteous crowd right here. Let me, let me nail that hide to the wall real quick. Amen. Nowhere in that Bible did that boy, did, did he get interrogated? No. That, that, that Samaritan preacher didn't look down there. Hey, how'd you get there? Did you deserve it? Running with the wrong crowd, I bet, wasn't you? You ain't had no business being up here in the first place. <laughs> yep. Yeah. What, what's your name? How much money you got in the bank? You got a criminal record? Did you deserve this? No. That Samaritan saw him. Without asking any crawl to my soul right here. Without asking any questions, he just crawled in the ditch where that boy was and said, I don't care where you've been. Somebody ought to help me right here. How many times have you been in a place where you ought to shout right here because God didn't want to know why you got there, how you got there, but he came where you was and had compassion on you. Amen. But all oh, there's so many of us this day and time got to, here, answer this questionnaire. Let me check your blood type and see how you are. Amen. Let me run a criminal record on you. See where, how many times you've been? Oh, that Samaritan said, you're in a mess, friend. Rest of the crowd might have turned their back on you. But I'm coming where you're at and I'm helping you. 
Amen. I bless his name, Brother Junior, that he didn't leave me laying in a ditch somewhere. I'm glad tonight that he came where I was and helped me at my lowest state. Hallelujah. Compassion. Showed me compassion. Came where I was. And he helped me. Got that boy out of there. Man, I'm telling you. Got that oil. Am I right right there? Yeah, I did. Hallelujah. Got that oil. Amen. Got that wine. Amen. And put it in his wounds. Amen. Not on his wounds. Am I right? The Bible says it put it in his wounds. There's too many people trying to get cleaned up on the outside. That oil and wine was a disinfectant and a cleaner. It had to get in them wounds. Friend, you'll not get help on the outside until you get help on the inside. Amen. And the Bible says that he took that boy, threw him up on his own beast, hauled him into town, took him to the inn, laid him up in a room, paid his room, gave the inn caregiver, gave him some money. Here, God help me right here, Wayne. Laid that boy in the bed. He's bandaged up. He's beat half to death. And the next day, that old boy said, I got to the Samaritan said, I got to go. And he left. And the last thing, remember he's half dead, he wasn't dead. I don't even believe he's in a coma. He's just had a rough time. But he's laying there in that bed. Hey, Lord. Maybe peeking out through a swollen, bloodshot eye, trying to see that man. But the last thing he hears that man say, I'm leaving. Here's some money. Yeah. And the next time I come back, and the next time I come back, I'll repay you for what you spent beyond what I've given you. Help my time right here. Day went by. Week might have went by. I don't know how long it was, but that boy got better. Help me now right here. Amen. This ain't Bible. Just stay with me. Don't throw a songbook at me. I believe that old boy got better. And I believe day after day, he'd sit up on the edge of that bed and look out that window and remember where he was. Just a few days ago, I could have been laid up out there dead right now. But I'm telling you right now, thanks to that man that showed me some favor and showed me some love, I'm able to sit up on a bed. Now I'm able to walk around a little. Now I'm able to spread my arms a little. And day by day he got better. Stay right here with me. That old innkeeper said, friend, you're better. You can leave if you want to. Your fare's been paid. You don't owe us nothing. Go on out here. You're done. Farewell. Amen. I believe that old boy checks out the inn. Goes out there and sits down on the front porch of the inn, Brother John, and sits there. Hour after hour. I ain't got a lick of Bible to back this up. Everybody all right with me preaching out of the Bible for a minute. And I believe that boy got up at the, when the sun began to go down, went in there and said, I'm going to get one of them rooms. Goes and gets him a room. Next day, comes back down there, sits on the front porch of the hotel. Day went by, another day went by. Maybe the innkeeper came out there and said, Son, why in the name of God you keep sitting around here? 
That old boy said, I'll tell you why I'm sitting around here. Because there was a man <laughs> that gave you his word that he's coming back by here. And when he comes back by here, I'm going to be here and tell him thank you for not leaving me. Can I tell you, my Lord left out of here one day and gave us a promise that he's coming back. And when he comes back, I'm going to be looking for him. And I'm going to praise him and thank him for not leaving me where I was. Oh, bless his name. Bless his name. We ever once should still be in our ditch. But he saw us where we was. Had compassion on us. Came where we was. Brought us out. Day another day went by. Maybe another day. Just, stay, just If I'm boring you, go down to the fellowship hall and get your hamburger. I'm having a pretty good time out here. Day went by. Another day went by. And the innkeeper might have come out there and said, Sir, is it really that important to you? Well, yeah. Because if you'd have known where I was and he found me, you'd know why. But sir, you don't know that much about this man. But he didn't leave me where I was. Are you kidding right now? Did I mention that I love him? How I worship and adore him. You see, sir, had it not been for him, when I could see no way, he made a way. What was that promise he left that innkeeper? Coming back. Did I mention, there it comes, that he's been faithful to every promise. He's ever made me. Well, I love him. That's all I want to say. Youngins, there's a day of coming. He's coming back. It could be tomorrow. It could be tonight. It could be another day or two. But I'm telling you right now, he's left us a promise that he's a coming back. He's in this church and we're getting out of here. I bless the Lord tonight. Number one, when I was hopeless, he came to me. Am I right right there? I'm about done, preacher. When that, 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 that woman and her son, that, that was a hopeless situation. And Jesus saw and came to where they were. That old boy in the Samaritan, that, 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 that fellow that had been beaten, stripped, and robbed, and left all alone, half dead. That Samaritan is our heavenly father, you see. That's our, that's, our, that's our heavenly Samaritan coming where we was. Came where we was. Amen? He came to the hopeless. He came to the helpless. But I got one more. Will you give me five minutes? Y'all give me ten minutes. 
Y'all give me 10 minutes. That's 20 more minutes. Amen. Amen. I ain't, I ain't got 20 minutes left in me. We got a helpless and a hopeless situation. Turn on over just a minute to Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter number 15. Verse 11, you pick up in a story, Luke 15. I'm sorry, I called it a story. Some people said it ain't stories. Hey, God help that crowd. Hey, Lord, everybody all right? Can I call, can I call me a just quick timeout? Can I call me just a girls? You help me give me a quick timeout right here. Hey, Amen. Brother Keith got up here last night, and I meant to make mention of that to him. Told us to turn to Psalms chapter 42. There's some of that crowd is smarter than I am and educated or more than I am. Came to me one time after I preached and said, Preach, I have you to know those are not chapters in the book of Psalms. <laughs> so I buttoned my coat up. And I said, Well, what are they? Those are songs. And I said, Well, I'm sorry I've offended you. I know they're psalms. I know they're songs, but they're chapters where I come to school from. You say, where'd you go to school? I didn't. Amen. Amen. And if I want to call it a story and not a happening, leave me alone. I had a man the other day tell them's not stories. Stories is a lie. No, a lie is a lie. Amen. I mean, how many books is, I'm sorry, I'm trying to catch my breath right here. How many books is sold at the Bible, at the Bible books? I bet you got them down at your blessed store. This says Bible stories. How many of you Sunday school teachers pulled your children around and said, come here, young woman, read you a story out of the Bible. But then that crowd, that stiff neck crowd, those are not stories. Let me give you another story out of Luke 15 tonight. Amen. Help us, Lord. Amen, Brother Shane. I appreciate the one and only time I get to preach here. Amen. The Bible says, there's a certain man in verse number 11 had two boys. Everybody knows where I'm at now, right? Younger boy come to his daddy one day and said, Daddy, this ain't a new version. I'm paraphrasing. Daddy, I want, my, I want my inheritance. I'm getting out of here. He's basically telling his daddy, you're dead to me. Because that's the only time you get an inheritance is when somebody dies. Daddy, I want my inheritance. I'm getting out of here. I'm going to a far country. I'm gone from here. I'm tired of this living. The Bible says in verse number 13, he gathered everything. And the Bible says that he left, took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. I want to preach a revival thought right here. Amen. I'm going to give this to us right here and say this right here. I'm getting out of here. Amen. That far country, the only way that boy even knew about a far country is somebody had been talking to him about it. I mean, if he'd have had his mind on home, if he'd have had his mind on what he's doing and serving, that far country wouldn't even been on his mind. But somebody had been talking about that far country. Let me stop right here and say this to somebody tonight. You better quit listening to that world that's telling you that there's something better on the other side in this world. Amen. There is a far country, and I won't get there because I'll die where I'm standing. There's a far country I'm longing for. But it ain't on this side of eternity. And old boy said, Dad, I'm getting out of here. I got to go. Look at your Bible. The Bible tells us not many days. Verse 13, he comes to his daddy, got his, got his things, got his, packed his bag, got his, got, his, got his inheritance, and he went to the far country. 
In verse 13, the Bible says he wasted his substance with riotous living. Wasted it. Blowed it. With riotous living. Sinful living. Then the Bible says in verse number 14, here's the situation. We had a hopeless. We had a helpless. Look at verse 14. When he spent all, there arose a great mighty, or arose a mighty famine in the land. And he began to be in want. He went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. And he sent him into the fields to feed the swine. Watch verse 16. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat. Look here. And no man gave unto him. We got a hopeless situation. We've got a helpless situation. But now we've got a homeless situation. Left home. Blowed it out. Blowed everything you had. Partied it up. Done what the world said was a good idea, what looked awful flashy, what looked good. But then when all the money was gone, so was the friends. I wonder right here on Tuesday night, has anybody ever identified with that right there? When you was on the top, but I mean you had the fellas with you. But when you hit the bottom, they all run from you. I'm glad tonight, Brother Daniel, I've got a friend that in my high times, he's by my side. In my low times, he's by my side. When I got money, he's my friend. When I'm broke, he's my friend. Amen. But the homeless situation is now this. He's out there feeding hogs. What a disgrace it was to him. Am I right? I'm trying to, I'm trying to hurry. The Bible says in this chapter right here, he joined himself with that citizen of the country and went to feed the hogs and nobody gave me a heel. He would have ate. He, the Bible says he would have literally ate what the hogs was eating, but nobody given to him. So then verse 17 comes along and he comes to himself and he sees where he is. He's thinking, my time. What a mess I have made out of my life. Holy Ghost, help me. Brother Shane, I hope I'm all right. If I get wrong right here, set me down. Holy Ghost just, just shocked me right there. Oh, Lord. Hey. Boy, come to himself and he said, what a mess I've made of my life. Holy Ghost of God, Brother Jeff, just put it in my spirit, standing right there. God help me. God help me be right right here. They, some of us, we've thrown our church clothes on. We've come to Tuesday night Jubilee. We're saying amen when it's right. We know this Bible story. You know where I'm at right here. But as sure as I know that I've got this blue suit on, and that right there is Jeff Ledbetter, there's some of us sitting in this church right here tonight that has made a mess out of your Christian life. And you're asking yourself this question, how in the name of God did I get here? I feel that, Brother Whittemore, I feel that just is straight from heaven right there. There's some of us sitting right here tonight on Jubilee when you're thinking everybody else thinks you've got all your ducks in one row and you're thinking, I don't even know where my ducks are at. And you're asking yourself the question, how did I get here? This preaching used to be good to me, but right now I'm just enduring it. You know what you need to do? You need to execute the plan that this old boy made. He's sitting there and he come to himself and said, I don't even like where I'm at right now. 
How did I get here? And he starts coming up with a plan. He said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to go home. <laughs> he said, now thinking, how many hired servants does my daddy have down there at the house? And his own son sitting down here starving to death. So I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to daddy and I'm going to say, daddy, please forgive me for disgracing your name. Please forgive me for wasting my inheritance. Please forgive me for making a mess of my life. Daddy, will you please just let me be one of your servants? <laughs> so then the Bible says, there's a verse of scripture right there, you can't miss it. After he made his mind up what he's going to do, everybody with the preacher right here? Everybody with me? Look at verse 20. And he arose. He arose. He didn't sit there in hog slop and just come up with the plan. He didn't just sit there and think, I believe this will be a good idea. I'll go talk to daddy about this. And then just sit there. No, he said, I believe I'm going to get out of here and I'm going to go see daddy. And I believe my daddy said, daddy, he's always been to me. He's going to love me. Amen. But he had the idea and then he started executing his plan. And he arose. He came to his, ain't that what the Bible said? He arose and came to his father. Everybody still with me in verse 20? But when he was yet a great way off, Father saw him. Hallelujah. His father saw him. Ain't that something in the next three words? And had compassion. Brother Shane had compassion on him and went running to him. Ain't that what your Bible says? He didn't run to him and look at him and say, Where have you been? Didn't circle him up and say, you nasty dog, how dare you come up in here looking like you looking? No, that Bible says that daddy had compassion on him. Went and hugged him. I just thought one time, Wayne, that was, I just thought that was daddy's way of showing that he loved him, and it is. But if you read Bible times, them people in that community in them Bible days right there had every right to stone that boy. Had every right to kill him and just get rid of him. But old daddy said if you're going to stone this boy you're going to have to bring him through me. About like our heavenly father wraps his loving arms around us and says world if you're getting to him you got to come through me. I'm glad i got a God tonight that loves me enough. Have compassion on me. Wrap his arms around me. Kiss me on my neck. No matter where we've been. But he loves us anyhow. I'm done. I'm getting out of here. Bible. Says that boy, you, you read it sometime. I ain't going to try to go back and compare verse for verse. But here's the thing that boy had about this much that he was wanting to say to daddy.
but he only was able to say about that much. Right before, right before he started to say, Daddy, just make me one of my servants, put his hand over his mouth. No, you're my boy. Always have been, always will be. I'm a child of His forever and forever and forever. That is a picture. I don't want to get up in the... I know, I know what kind of crowd I'm at, but I don't know what kind of crowds are looking at us right here. I'm glad, amen, Brother Jeff, we got a God just like that Father that says, I don't care where you've been. You've been my son. Clean yourself up. Welcome to the family. Amen. Amen. He didn't have to go get born again. Amen. Just forgiven. Amen. Amen. Might as well just say it. I'm glad. Hallelujah. When the Lord saved me, it is forever and forever. Amen. Amen. And might as well say it like this. I'm still believing whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. They went up in there and sat down. They eating. Daddy said, son, shut your mouth. Looks at the servants and said, hey, go down and get a pair of my shoes. Get the robe. Get, get that ring. This still my boy. Go back and get that fatted calf. That I believe Daddy had back there fattening up since the day he left. With the hope my boy's coming home. You remember a while ago, you remember a while ago when I said during the hopeless situation that Jesus came to them? Didn't I tell you that the helpless situation that the Samaritan came to where he was? Am I right? But at the homeless situation, when the boy headed home, when daddy saw him, he came running to him. It was the homeless one that came home. But it wasn't until daddy saw him coming that he went to where he was. What's that got to do with anything, preacher? I'll tell you what's got to do with me. I'm glad that that little boy had a daddy that went out there on the front porch every day and looked for him. I'm glad, I'm glad daddy didn't go to the world trying to find him. Stayed at the house and kept the home fires burning. I'm done. I'm done. They sitting there eating that fatty cafe, eating baked taters, and they eating beans, and they having salad. And they, they, I mean, they're having a big meal. Celebrating the homeless boy to come home. He's sitting around that table. It wasn't the elder brother because he was mad. That's a whole other service. Maybe one of them servants. Might have been mama. Leave me alone a minute. He's sitting there thinking, it was just this very morning that I was in the hall pen. It was just this very morning that I was homeless. I was broke. I was hungry. I was all alone, friends had forsaken me. 
But look at me. Back here at my daddy's house. At the table with my family. Daddy didn't shun me. Daddy didn't kick me to the dogs. Welcome me home with a kiss. Maybe one of the servants come by where he's just sitting and said, what's on your mind? The little boy looks down at the end of the table looking at his daddy. Did I mention that I love him? It might not have been a worship worship, but how I worship and adore him. I didn't know what daddy was going to say when I came home, but when I could see no way, I believe he's a button that robe up, <laughs> looking at his new shoes, rubbing his belly from after, he makes a way. Watch this right here. Hey, maybe, just maybe, when that boy left that day, daddy might have said, son, I just want you to know that world's going to consume you. But when it does and you hit rock bottom and you come home, I'm going to be waiting on you. Did I mention that he's been faithful to every promise he's ever made me? He stands up and says, Dad, I love you. That's all I want to say. We've all been helpless. We've all been hopeless. At situations in our lives, we've all been homeless. But aren't you glad to know tonight that His compassions fail not? They fail not. They're new every morning. And I bless His name for it. Amen.